news is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Good. Okay, so tonight's, today's episode, tonight, whenever anybody's listening to it, is amazing. Amazing. She's so cool. Tony McFadden is our guest today, and you may not have heard her name, but it's not going to be long until you do. She's speaking at college campuses all across America and sharing her story, and it's amazing. It is amazing, and is it your favorite yet? It's my favorite, yeah. <laughs> you know what? She's awesome. She and I became friends on Instagram, which is still funny for me to say that like you can make friends on Instagram, but we did, and then we got to know each other. I got to learn about her story, and not only did I learn about her story, but then what she was doing with her story, and that's what really stopped me in my tracks, and so I reached out to her and said, would you share on our podcast? Um, and the cool thing was, Adam, when she shared, I was like, wow, you are so incredible. Yeah, and she talks about a topic that you have been passionate about for a long time. Yeah. Certainly as long as I've known you. Yeah, I am very passionate. She talks about abortion, which um, is part of her story. I'm very passionate. I remember in the fourth grade, I learned what abortion was, and I was appalled. I couldn't believe it. It broke my heart. And it was something that I have always been very strong. I had strong feelings about, um, and people close to me have gone through the pain of having an abortion. And, um, honestly, I was judgmental early on learning, Hey, like that's wrong. Um, but Tony brings, um, just her story to life for us and talks about the pain she was going through during it. And I'm totally telling her story right now, but her story is absolutely incredible. And the way God enters into all of her pain and her heartbreak. Um, and she says, you know, she didn't stand for abortion either. It broke her heart and it still breaks her heart. But she does say, I don't mind sharing where my mistakes have led me, especially if it helps someone else not take the same path. And so that's her mission is to end abortion and bring reality to the pain and suffering that she went through. Um, through her story. Yeah, and I love that she's so authentic and transparent with it, and that's mm -hmm. what we want out yeah. of uh, people speaking into our kids' life is authentic and transparent stories of, of kind of where they went wrong and try to keep our kids from going down that same path. I agree. And, you know, while I was interviewing her, I did think when our kids get a little older, this is an awesome episode for them to listen to. So if you have a middle school, high school, or college student her story is just real. Like she's not making anything up. It's an incredible story. It talks about a lot of her pain and her suffering, but then how God restored it in an amazing way, which she's going to share. And I just think it's amazing that you're never too lost. You're never too far 
any place um, that you are, God can meet you there. And she, when she was open to that, that's when healing and restoration happened in her story. But I do think hearing the pain that she went through for our young children to listen to and hear and understand that the decisions they make, um, or hopefully don't make having sex before marriage. I mean, I'm very strong about not doing that um, and saving sex for marriage, but for them to hear the stories that the pain that can be caused from that is um, detrimental, you know, and is part of her story for her entire life. So great. (laughs) (laughs) So great. So let's pop over and listen to Tony McFadden. Well, friends, I am so excited. My friend, Tony McFadden, is on our show today. Tony, how are you? I'm so good. (laughs) I feel so honored to be on your show. Like, so excited. Girl, I am so excited. (laughs) And for our listeners to know that we... um, our Facebook, Instagram friends, and yes. we have yet to meet in person, but we just loved each other from yes. following each other. We're going to meet someday. We are. I know it. Well, gosh, I'm going to have <laughs> you come speak to my kids after all the things I've yes. learned about you. But I think it's so cool that, you know, Facebook and Instagram, they can, they can be so bad, but they can be so mm-hmm. good in connecting people yeah. that are doing big things. And I love that about you and what everything you're doing. So tell our listeners who you are, kind of a little bit about you before we dive into what you're doing right now. Okay, well, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have four kiddos, Um, Isaac, he's eight, Ariana, seven, Isabella, six, and then my little baby. Uh, He's four, though, but I still call him my little baby, Christopher Jr., Oh my gosh. So you're, yeah, it's a busy household. You're busy. That's right. <laughs> now, very are loud. you still homeschooling or no? I'm not. This okay. is my first year. Okay. I homeschooled for three years. Wow. And then, you know, we kind of just felt God calling us to a new season, which, mm-hmm. you know, we'll talk about a little bit right. more and how all, how these things kind of like line together and just being obedient to the Lord. And so we yeah. felt like we, they're in a private school okay. now. Yes. I love so, that. Well, I yeah, admire so homeschool awesome. moms because <laughs> I did it for three months and I was like, uh-uh, I can't do this. And it was a, it was it's kindergarten. Hard. I had kindergarten, Lucy was in kindergarten and then Lola and Hank were preschool. And I was like, this is crazy. And I remember my neighbor being like, how are you doing this? And Lucy said, I'm not learning anything. And I was like, ah, <laughs> So it was right after Christmas, Kids. my husband and I yeah, signed her up like, okay, let's go actually have you learn things. Cause I just wasn't good at it. So I admire people yeah. that are good at it and are disciplined and stuff. So I love that. Well, the thing that just attracted me to you was just your joy and the way that you just, um, live your life for Jesus in such a big way. But what happened, I think it was about three weeks ago. I read something about you that my jaw mm-hmm. dropped and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so I just asked you, Hey, will you be on our show just to share your story and everything that you're yeah. up to? So I'm going to let mm-hmm. you take the floor if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, well, one of the things I've been married for almost 10 years to my awesome husband, Chris, and yeah, we just, the story that God has given me is just so amazing. And it makes me want to cry just thinking about it. Um, 
just with you saying you can see the joy yeah. through yes. my Instagram because I'm not I'm not thinking that way. I'm just posting what God has put on my heart and right. I love inspiring people and in the world we kind of live in, I want to bring joy. I want to mm-hmm. bring inspiration and hope. So yeah, I'm trying to think of where to start. Um <laughs> I did not grow up in a traditional, like, Christian home. Uh, I think it was more like we went in phases. Like, we would go to church, and then we would stop, and we would go to church. But I don't think I knew what it meant to have a relationship with Christ. I just think that I knew he died on the cross for our sins, but that's as far as it went. It didn't change the way I viewed life or how I made decisions. It was just, like, knowledge. That was right, it. Right. And there was a lot of, I mean, my dad's been married three times. And so there was never like that stability. And mm-hmm. my parents did the best that they could. And my stepmom and my dad right now, they're the strongest they've ever been. And so I don't want to paint like this picture of right. like um, gloom, but I mean, we had a hard upbringing and I always tell people, you know, yes, I was kind of born into this like sandy foundation, Mm -hmm. but I think there comes a time and a place where you have to begin to build, rebuild for yourself. And I don't like to take on like the victim mentality Mm -hmm. (laughs) before I knew Christ. Right. So I have seven siblings. Oh my Um, God. Some of them are half. (laughs) Yes. So, I was kind of the one who my parents didn't worry about me mm-hmm. because I was always in activities. I was in choir and I played sports and I was in musicals. So I was very busy. So they kind of didn't worry about me as much right. as all the other siblings. Yes. So I kind of got lost in there a little bit. Right. And you know, when you're going in middle school and high school, you're really trying to figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. What is your identity? And I was surrounded with people who were making decisions that were probably not the best, especially with their sexuality. And so I became sexually active pretty early. Yeah. um, Middle school. And I thought, well, I won't do everything, but I'll do some stuff. And Here's the thing that we tend to do. We tend to look at other people and say, well, at least I'm not doing that. Exactly. Because it's easier to look at other people than to, like, self-reflection. Right. It's easier to do that. And that's kind of what I was doing, like, comparing myself to others who were doing way more. Mm -hmm. But I get into high school, and I meet this guy, and he's a year older than me in school. He's the quarterback on the football team tall, handsome, (laughs) you know, and I had never been in a real relationship yet, but he noticed me. And I really believe that I have some friends in my life who I can tell their fathers speak over their lives. And so if you have a dad who is speaking love and beauty and joy over you, that Mm. is not always common. And although I know my dad loves me and I know he does, he, that wasn't not his natural thing. Yeah. And so I was looking to guys to give me yes. worth. And mm-hmm. here's a guy that, you know, a lot of, I just, you know, was infatuated with right. and became obsessed with. 
And I didn't know what it looked like to have a healthy relationship or anything like that. And so we dated off and on for about two years. And my senior year, he went off to college. And I got scared. I was thinking, oh, my goodness, like, he's going to leave me. Right. Like, he's around all these college girls, and I'm a senior in high school. Like, you know, and for some reason in the back of my mind, I still had always thought, I wanted to save sex for marriage. Mm-hmm. Even so you though, had like, up to this point, you had saved. I yourself. had. Yeah. yeah, I had done everything else, mm-hmm. but I hadn't done that one thing. Right. And I thought, well, we've been together. He didn't treat me well at all. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't. <laughs> when yeah. I look back now, I'm like, oh, my goodness. How did <laughs> I? Let's, right. But we, we ended up um, having sex, and then... I found myself sitting in this waiting room mm. and I'm sitting across in the sky. I've given my heart to my emotions to my virginity to, and I'm realizing I can't take that back. Mm-mm. And my best friend was sitting next to me. And I remember thinking, these are the closest people in my life. And I feel completely alone. Like wow. I might as well be here by myself. Wow. And I'm making this decision to abort our child. Because so you're in the waiting room out. with him and your best friend, mm-hmm. and, and my best friend. They're both supporting this decision as well. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And wow. they were the only two I told. Mm-hmm. When I found out I was pregnant, my best friend told him, and she he said she doesn't want to keep it, does she? Oh wow. And she told me you can't keep it, mm-hmm. and I was scared. Like I was known as like the good person in my family, right. the good girl. Mm-hmm. So I was scared to tell my parents Yeah, and uh, I knew right away, like I knew very er I knew early on. And so my friend, my best friend at the time, she was the one who set everything up with like uh, an abortion clinic. And so you immediately thought I've got to get rid of this baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I immediately thought I can't do this. My Mm -hmm. parents are going to kill me. Like all those fears. Right. And even though I knew it was wrong, mm-hmm. I you my did. fear was more mm-hmm. than that. So you, know, you knew it I, was wrong, but you're like, but I mm-hmm. would rather be wrong in this way than get frustrate my parents or upset than yeah. in public. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought I'm graduating in like four months. Right. Right. And, and this would this what would, am I gonna yeah. do? Wow. Yeah. And which is why I'm so thankful that there's crisis pregnancies out there, because when you're in crisis, you're not thinking straight. Right. And you need someone to like, you know, you're not going, this is not going to be the end of your world, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's what you're thinking when you're a teenager. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And your parents and you have these dreams of what's coming next. Yeah. But you're pregnant. Like you're about to graduate. And Mm. Yeah. And so I, she called the abortion clinic and here's the deceiving thing on their end is they told me you have, we have to wait, you have to be at least four weeks for us to perform the abortion. Wow. And then they said to me, because there were no cell phones then, right. <laughs> I'm right. aging myself. Right. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's okay. We have beepers. Yes. Then. Yes. And, um, but the lady said to me, Let's pick a name so that if we call your house, because I was underage, wow. if we call your house 
in your parents' pickup will say this name so you know it's us. Wow. Yeah. The agency so they made is it, saying this yes, to you? Yes. Yes. Trying to protect you from your parents. Wow, that's yes, scary. And to really deceive them. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, and make you think, oh, they're they're out for your best interest. Yes. We're oh, going to lie creepy. for you. Right. Creepy. So I went there, and I remember going in to get my ultrasound, and they strategically moved the monitor so you can't see it. Mm. And I asked the nurse if I could see the monitor, and uh, she was like, no, I don't really think that's a good idea. And my best friend was like, no, I don't think it's a good idea either. And, of course, my boyfriend didn't come back there with me. Wow. And yeah. he was the one I wanted right. <laughs> back there with me, and yeah. he just sat out in the waiting room. Wow. And she turned the monitor around. how old around. are you right now? So you're at, like, 17 or so? Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. About to turn 18, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so she said um, – you, you know, look, it, she showed me really quickly and she said, see, it's nothing. It's just the size of a pea. Wow. Ugh. And in my mind, I thought, okay, like, mm-hmm. this is not a baby yet. Wow. Even though after 14 days, yeah. there's, a, there's a heartbeat. That's so you know, deceiving. I don't know this right. stuff at this mm-hmm. point. I'm so uneducated yeah. about this. Right. And um, so they gave me the RU486 pill, mm. which is... Um, which is basically where you miscarry at home. They give okay. you pills okay. to miscarry at home. And my pills didn't work. Oh, god! I didn't know that they didn't work. I spotted a little bit. Yeah. And then I called them and they were not helpful to me at all. Oh, my gosh. And they just said, oh, we gave you two sets of pills. Just take the second set. And so I took the How second set. How scary that you're but doing all this on off. your own. On my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm calling my boyfriend at this time. He's not answering any of my phone calls Mm-mm. and just completely ignoring me. And then about two months later, I was in school and I started getting these excruciating pains. Like I could barely walk. I couldn't mm-hmm. stand. And my friend had to walk me to the nurse's office. And this is a little graphic, mm-hmm. um, but I had blood clots probably the size of my fist. Wow. Leaving my body. Oh, my gosh. And oh my so I had this baby school? in me. And I'm at school. Oh. Yeah. About two months because I never, I, the pills never worked. So mm. my body was naturally now, I think, miscarrying. Um, so I was in class at school and I feel these excruciating pains and I like I could barely walk Mm. and I had a friend walk me to the nurse's office and this is a little graphic but I had blood clots probably the size of my fist just leaving my body Mm. and I realized that oh my goodness those pills really did not work and my body's just naturally you know yeah having this abortion now how scary for you like to not were you close to your parents at all yes and no Mm -hmm. yeah I mean uh, enough yeah my Mm -hmm. mom I mean my stepmom is my mom yeah like yeah (laughs) yeah. she is my mom so to not be able to share this yeah huge thing that's happening in your life 
and, and being mm-hmm. so scared and so young and like, what have I done? Oh, yeah. Okay. And not really having anyone to like go to, right? to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom picked me up um, so I could leave school early. I just said I had bad cramps. Yeah. And I went home and still, still blood clots are just leaving my body. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm sure the baby right. <laughs> left my body right. at some point. And I just remember crawling in bed in fetal position and still to this day, even though I've gone through, and we'll talk about this later too, but I've gone through post-abortion counseling, mm-hmm. I cannot remember past that point. Wow. I just remember being in fetal position in my bed wow. and just praying like that yeah. this would be over. Oh and life kind of just was a blur mm-hmm. for a while. And I kind of spiraled out of control Yeah, because after that, um, you know, my boyfriend basically was like, no, like, I don't want to be with you Wow! and broke up with me. And so my senior year was like these mixed emotions, mm-hmm. like all over the place. And I didn't go off to college right away. Yeah. And, um, I was drinking a lot mm-hmm. and, um, just not making wise decisions right. at all. Right. Um, cause I would have said I was like a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I was just like, right. not even, even realizing that that probably had something to do with it, mm-hmm. that I was spiraling out of control and trying to mask all this hurt. Right. And I was just going from one relationship to the next yeah. and just horrible. Were but, you um, uh, sexually active with, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that yeah. this didn't stop you from no. that. That's amazing. I to almost, me. it was almost like, Oh, well, yeah, I've done like, it. I've already done yeah. it. Like, wow. Whatever. That's a scary thought too. You it know? is. Wow. It is that you just accept it mm-hmm. and you think that's your reality now. Right. <sighs> and, but at the same time, like God is so amazing and he's so gracious Mm -hmm. and he's so patient Mm -hmm. like I don't want God at this point I'm running far away from him but when I look back now I see his hand yeah on my life isn't that amazing and it's amazing to me like uh, it's just amazing to me because um I hated my hometown I'm from the Poconos okay um I'm from East Stroudsburg and I remember thinking at one point, I got to get out of this place. Uh I've got to get out of here. And I went to East Stroudsburg University for a little bit, but all I did was party and stuff. So I was like not doing well. But the one thing I loved more than anything was singing. Wow. And so I tried out uh, for the vocal performance program in Westchester at Westchester University. Okay. And I got in. Wow. And so I did like figured it all out. I don't even remember how I figured it all out, but I figured (laughs) out to go there. Yes. Yes. To make it happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm so glad I did that first. And this is where I see God's hand. I did that first. And then I met another guy and guys were my idol. Mm. So I feel like if I would have met the guy before I applied to Westchester, I wouldn't have gone. Yeah. You know? Yes. And so it would have prevented you from seeing what God had 
for you. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. when you don't have Christ, you're clinging to anything to give yes, you worth. Yes, yes, yes. And <sighs> men were my worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and I think it's interesting the link that you're making of, you know, like you said, you had a good father, but you didn't feel loved or beautiful mm-hmm. or, or known with your father. And so then you're looking for any place. And that's why I, I think yeah. about the interview I had with Annie Lobert, who she, same thing. She's like, yeah. my dad didn't, I didn't feel value from him. And I think about mm-hmm. that. And in any men who are listening, your yeah. relationships with your children mm-hmm. are so important. You have got to so show important. them love, acceptance. You got to be there for them, mm-hmm. not just, you know, around them. You've got to be right. engaged in them because it does. And I will say mm-hmm. I have the best dad, the I've heard. best dad. Yeah. <laughs> he's the best. And, um, and really parents like my mom too. And the thing is, is that, um, one of the things that's kind of a good visual, but he always put the spotlight on us. Like, literally mm-hmm. we would put shows on at the house and he, but that was the story of my life was yeah. he always lifted us up. And I believe that I probably was able to avoid a lot of things because of that spotlight that he shined and was then able right. to marry an exceptionally amazing mm-hmm. man because he taught me my value early. And so I think that's yeah. important for anybody listening to hear that from you and Annie and all these things that we can help our children avoid heartache mm-hmm. by just loving them so well. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so good. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me too, to give those who didn't have that, that hope because yeah. I have two daughters. Yes. And this just happened like two days ago. Mm. Side note. Yes. <laughs> my daughter, she's seven and, um, I was doing her hair in the morning for school and she was looking in the mirror and her head was down. And I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, I don't like my teeth, you know, cause her oh, grown up teeth right. have, have come yes. in her two front yes. ones, you and know, seven, which I think like, are so adorable yeah, me too. <laughs> so cute. And she said, the boys at school make fun of her. Oh God. And I said, honey, you are beautiful mm-hmm. and you're going to grow into all of this. And mm-hmm. they do not get to define you, right. I said. But then I thought, you know what? I'm saying this to her, but her daddy, <laughs> yes. say, you know, yes. and so I went upstairs and I said to my husband, I said, um, your daughter, she needs you to, you know, yes, encourage lift her, her head up a little yes. bit because um, I told him what she told me. Mm-hmm. And he came downstairs and she was getting her snacks ready for school. And my husband's a big guy. He's like 6'2", yeah. <laughs> big guy. And he's standing behind her and she was had her head down and he's like, Ariana, can I see your beautiful smile? And oh. he, she was like, no. And he was like, let me see it. So she smiled. <laughs> she, he was like, you are so beautiful. And he said, I don't care what those boys are saying. Uh, the only opinion that matters is mine. And I think you're beautiful. And I lost uh, it. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Yes. But I didn't have that. But right. she, I'm watching yeah. my kids have that. Mm. And it heals my soul. Yes. Because I'm like, what grace yes. on uh, our kids. Because mm. I didn't see that. Right. You know, and neither did my husband. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, so yes. 
Yeah. But also props to you guys. (laughs) Yeah. But for you guys to have not had it and then to be Mm -hmm. able to break that chain and do that, Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of focus to do that. A lot Mm -hmm. of, um, to be an intentional. And so I think that's, you know, way to go on y'all's part because you could just keep in the same cycle, but you are breaking that cycle. So that's, that's huge. And too, it probably doesn't come naturally because it hasn't been something instilled in you. And so the fact that you're trying to make it something that's normal and natural at your house is awesome. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I love when God gives me those moments Mm. because I mean, I have a lot of growing to do as a parent. Me too. Right. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) Every day. But I love when he gives us moments like that. I know he's speaking. Yes. I love that. Okay. So back to the story. So you're, you're in college and you're, or no, you're in college and you're with this new person. Yes. Well, I dated him over the summer before I was going to transfer to Westchester. Okay, okay. So we dated all the way through, but then once I got to Westchester, he dropped me. Okay. Like, all right, yeah. see ya. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to be with you. Wow. And uh, so it was another heartbreak, mm-hmm. you know. And a girl down the hall from me, we were from the same hometown. She was from East Stroudsburg, too. Right, okay. And she lived down the hall from me, and uh, she was like, hey, why don't you come out to this campus meeting we're having? And she's like, it's called Campus Crusade for Christ. Mm. And hearing about God, like, did it, didn't, like, make me, like, uh, like, right. no. I would have said I was a Christian. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sadly. Yeah. I would have said, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'll go with you because usually we would go to the bar because Thursday was Thirsty Thursday on of college course. campus. Yes, yes. Of course, you know. <laughs> yep. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a chance. Like my boyfriend had just broken up with me. I'd only been in school for like a month. Yeah. And uh, I was like, let me go. And so I walk in and there's probably like 200 students there. Yeah. So beautiful. And I walk in, and the way you walk in, all the seat it's almost kind of like a stadium seating, but not that big. It's right. like a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. But down at the bottom was the worship band. Mm. And I walk in, and these kids just have their hand, like, genuinely just mm. praising God. And so the music plus them praising God, not with their parents, right. they're choosing to be here on their own accord something was happening. Like God just started stirring my heart. And I'm like, what is like, I knew like they have something I don't have. I, and they know Jesus in a way that I do not (laughs) know. And so the conversations I had that night with these people was just like, there was depth. Mm. Like it wasn't like this surface, you know, conversation, like, you know, they were exuding Christ, yes. which really was what it was. And there was this one girl who we're still close to this day, my friend Katie, um, this wild red hair. <laughs> she comes over to me and she's like, hey, I'm Katie. She's like real happy. I'm like, whoa. You know? I'm like, <laughs> right. What's going and, uh, on? Right. What's going on? She's like, I lead a Bible study in your, your dorm. And she's like, I would love to catch up and get to know you. And I was like, oh, my goodness, these people are so nice, you know. And uh, I was like, oh, sure, you know. And um, the band, they were saying they had some seniors that were graduating. And they're like, we're going to need more singers. And I was like, man, 
That would be yes, so awesome. Yes. But I knew, I knew my life didn't reflect yeah. Yeah. them. Yeah. And so I knew I couldn't do it. Like I already had conviction. Wow. Wow. That's unbelievable. It was amazing. Yeah. And so I went back into my dorm room and my roommate had gone home early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had the dorm room to myself. And I remember walking in my room, shutting my door, and I just bawled my eyes out. Wow. And I was like, I didn't even say like a sinner's prayer. I was just like, I don't want, I don't like who I am. Mm. Like, I don't, and I don't know how to change. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I want what they have. I don't, I just, I knew there's more to life than how I'm living my life. I love that. I love that. (laughs) You know, what's so weird about you saying this? And we didn't talk about this before we went on air. Um, I had the same experience at Campus Crusade. Adam, actually, I I had a crush on him. And the only Uh reason I went, I didn't even know what it was. I just wanted to be with him. And I Uh remember walking in and, and they started with worship music and he had his eyes closed and was singing to Jesus. And I was looking at him Mm. like, I'd never seen that before ever. And I was like, whoa, he really, really loves Jesus. Like, and I was like, (laughs) I want to love Jesus. Like I see him loving Jesus and Mm. all these people. And so it's same thing. Like what a, what a moment for you to realize, you know, there's more for you in the life that you Mm -hmm. had was not Christ centered, you know, even though, like you said, you said you were a Christian, but you weren't living your life fully for Jesus. So what a moment. I love that. I love it so much, and that's, like, one of my favorite moments because mm-hmm. it, there's no, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, method. It was right. just, like, desperation. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just desperate. Yes. And I know that I know that he saved my soul uh-huh. that night. Wow. And it wasn't about having the perfect words or, or anything. Right. Um, and he gently just was showing me where to change yeah. and how to grow and putting people in my life. And my friend Katie came the next day. And she's like, let's have lunch. And yes. <laughs> so yeah. she basically discipled me. And I tell my kids this now, who you surround yourself mm-hmm. with tells a lot about who you are. Choose your right. friends wisely. Mm-hmm. And I started surrounding myself with people and I lost friends yeah. because I wanted Christ. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's so many details to my story, but, um, to make a long story short, um, I, you know, in my article that was just um, published, it said, God does not waste anything. Mm. And he doesn't. Like, he literally does not waste anything. And he takes the dark places of our hearts and he makes the most beautiful thing out of it. And only he can do that. And so while I was at school, um, he started changing things for me. I, I thought I could only sing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. like, but I didn't want to be a music teacher. Right. I just liked to sing. Yeah. And so then I started minoring in communications mm. and just trusting God, not knowing the details, not understanding why, but I was like, okay, I'm going to minor in communication. Right. Yeah. For whatever reason. Wow. Yeah. And I stood in front of these college kids mm-hmm. and told them how I was saving sex for marriage now. <laughs> wow. Wow. Because so that was the first time. Did you share your past story of abortion? I didn't. Okay. I didn't okay. yet because that was one thing I was still afraid to talk about. Right. Right. And uh, 
so I just shared why that I'm waiting for my future husband now and trust is a big thing and Mm. actions speak louder than words. And so I don't know when I'm going to get married, but I'm working on who right. I am now. Yeah. And I had these college kids looking at me like, what? <laughs> and, you know, and some of the guys, these sports jocks yeah. came up to me and they're like, actually, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I couldn't do that, but I think it's cool. That, right. Yes. You know, yes. You're yes. doing that. And that's when I was like, whoa, I think I'm gifted in speaking. Right. Like, I think God's called me to speak. Yeah. And then... I'm at this new church and I'm growing so much and learning how to do life and learning about who I am in Christ and as a woman. And a friend of mine introduced me to one of my best friends. Her name's Melissa. Mm -hmm. And she worked at a crisis pregnancy center Mm. and she would go into schools and speak about saving sex for marriage. And my friend said, you need to meet her. And I was like, okay. And so I met with her and um, I had just had this stirring in my heart because she was like sharing with me like these concepts and how she talks to the kids in a way that's meeting them where they're at. Right. You know, and she was a virgin. Mm-hmm. So she was saving sex for marriage. She's like, but you know, what? it's really powerful for them to hear from people who haven't. Right. You know, like they need to hear that hope. And I just felt this nudge on my heart. Like God was like, it's time to share your story. Yes. Like the full one. Like I was comfortable with telling people that I hadn't waited till marriage. Right. But I was not comfortable telling people that I had had an abortion because I thought as a believer, that was the one thing. Right. That Christians were not going to forgive me for that. They were going to look down on me. And, and it was because, I saw a group of um, people holding up signs and stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, outside of just like in our town. It wasn't like um, in Westchester. They were just holding up, you know, the aborted babies and they were handing out things. And I was like, I could never tell them. Yeah. Yeah. That was my mentality. Even though I was a Christian, I was thinking like, oh, that affirmed me like, Oh, yep. I'm going to the grave with this. I'm not, I'm not telling telling anyone about that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I just felt like I could trust this girl in this moment. And I said, I have something I want to share with you that I've never shared with anyone. Mm. And I started to share it. And she was like, do you know how many girls need to hear your Mm -hmm. story? And I just, cried and I thought what God what are you calling me to like and I just felt like he was like trust me you can trust me and so I went home and I was like I'm gonna share this with my parents yeah I gotta share this with my parents before I go and share it with a bunch of strangers (laughs) you know how did that go you know what it went very very well but I think it went well because my parents had seen how my life had changed right. so much in the past year with becoming a believer. Right, right. Yeah, and you had probably at that point more confidence in who you were in Christ to say, yeah. Here, this is my story. And for, mm-hmm. for that friend to say, your story needs to be heard so you mm-hmm. can help others. Yeah. That helps also immensely. 
Wow. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, because it takes it off of me. Yeah. Like, this is not all about me. Right. This is about exactly saying to someone else, either I, you don't have to go through this or you can make it even if right. you have gone through this. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it gives so many different layers and perspectives. Right. And um, when you don't make it about you, it is freeing. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that with, with all like even businesses or whatever mission people are on, yeah. when you make mm-hmm. it about yourself, it gets really hard and uncomfortable and things don't fit yep. in the right way. But when you make it about helping others and getting mm-hmm. others to the point that they need or they can see what you now see it makes it so different and it makes it like, Hey, I'm just trying to help you. You know, I just want to share this to help you. And I love, I love that. That is so cool. Yeah. 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 Okay. So fast forward a little bit to, okay. So you're, you're sharing your story more now, um, at this Mm -hmm. point in, in, or do you go into this school school. and okay. In schools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's the reception about this? They, I mean, Kids want people who are authentic and real. Mm -hmm. They're looking for that because (laughs) they're looking for truth and Mm -hmm. they're so confused at this age. Like they, I mean, they're listening to things from their friends and their friends know just as much as they do. And so when I stood up there the first time, well, the first time it was like, (laughs) I wrote it down. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it was (laughs) awful. And I was writing on a piece of paper. Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness. But I was so scared and nervous because I didn't know how they would take it. Right. You know, they're, you know, you're immature at that age too. Right. And so sometimes you don't know how to react Mm -hmm. when someone's being vulnerable. Oh, right. Um, but it, it went really well. They, I think people just, doesn't matter what age, I think when someone's being real and honest and genuine, people are attracted to that. And so they took it really well and had lots of questions, which was hard because I was still going through post-abortion counseling Mm -hmm. at the same time as I'm sharing my story. So I'm still going through like healing, Mm -hmm. um, was it therapeutic you know, for you to share your story? Like to finally be like, okay, this is it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was very therapeutic mm-hmm. um, because every time I would share it, I never got the reaction that the enemy tells would tell me I would get. Right. Like they're going to think you're horrible. Yes. They're going to this, this. You were able to reach people in such mm-hmm. an authentic, real way. And I'm sure through you sharing your story, the stories that you would hear back would just be so mm-hmm. rewarding because it probably freed up a whole lot of people that yeah. you know were carrying the burden of them possibly doing the same thing or something mm-hmm. that they were ashamed of. But when we put Jesus in the middle of it and him in charge right. and there's light right. shining in our dark places, there's mm-hmm. also so much healing, which is beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So Fast forward a little bit more to you start dating again, right? Or I'm trying to get us. I dated one guy. Okay. Okay. Before I got married. Okay. Um, And the funny thing is when I got saved, I said, okay, God, I don't want 
I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want nothing until it's supposed to be my husband. Right. Because I don't want to play games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yes. Know? Yes. And I basically was like rebuilding my foundation mm-hmm. and wanting to add all of these characteristics to myself because I would say in a classroom, when you put a ring on your finger, that does not automatically make you faithful, honest, and trustworthy. Right. You either have built those things into who you are or you haven't. Mm-hmm. So if that's what I want someday, I got to begin to build those kind of things into my life and how I live. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I'm working on myself, working on myself, working on myself. Around 25, 26, I was like, all right, God. Yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> ready. My husband. Yes. You know, because I got saved when I was 21. Right, yeah. And I was at a time where all my friends were getting married. Yeah. And, I mean, I one summer I was in like eight weddings. <laughs> I remember those summers. <laughs> it's like remember, another right? wedding. <laughs> so and I wanted to be married. I wanted mm-hmm. that. And um, I dated one guy, and we only dated for about eight months. And, um, he broke up with me and it was hard. Like it was so difficult because it was my first Christian boyfriend, you know, Right. but, um, God worked on my heart so much during that healing process. Cause he got married like right after. Oh gosh, that's hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it was so hard. And, um, cause it was like those old things were coming at me again. Yes. And I was like, man, I didn't even do the things I did. (laughs) Right. And I was like, but what I would say in the classroom, because I was still speaking, I would say, but he was not my foundation. Mm. All these other guys before were my foundation, Right. you know, before Christ. Mm. They were my foundation. So I was crushed. But this guy, even though we dated for eight months and he broke up with me and I, and of course I cried, I'm a human being and it hurt. Yes. He was not my foundation. Right. And he didn't take something from me that didn't belong to him. Right. In the first place. And so I really was clinging to God during this time and like, you know, because that was hard to see him get married and oh, um, all of that. Like, that was really hard. And But little do I know, God's working. God is always working. Yes. And he's putting all these little pieces together. Who ha- who did you have on your podcast? His name was Ed Ed Eason. Eason. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. He's when amazing. he said that. Yes. About the little dots and the conversations and the way yes. God. Like, God is so detailed mm-hmm. yes. in what he's doing. And... I have no idea. Someone's looking for me for two years. Wow. And this person's looking for me because I have no idea. This person, God has grabbed a hold of their hearts and has made them new. Mm. And this person is like, I need to go back and apologize to the people I've hurt. Mm. And I have goosebumps right now because I know what's coming, but our listeners yes. don't yet. Yes. So cool. And I remember getting this person, this person contacting me and realizing I have not seen this person in over 10 years, mm. have not run into them, haven't talked to them, and they want to meet with me. Mm. And I remember sitting across from this person and seeing how God had transformed his life and asking me for forgiveness. And so the same guy sitting across from me who asked me for forgiveness 
is the same guy who sat across from me in that abortion mm-hmm. clinic 10 years before that. <sighs> and then is the same guy who put a ring on my finger wow. and asked me to marry him after we had gone through, obviously, the forgiveness of all of this and coming wow. back into my life. Wow. But that's how redeeming God is. God does not like, waste <laughs> anything anything wow I mean it was shocking like when he contacted me so just so your listeners know the same guy yes (laughs) that you know had this abortion with me when I was a senior in high school is the man that I married and who is the most godliest wisest man I have ever met and it makes me want to be a better person yeah. all the time. Because God like, grabbed a hold of you each yes. separately. And separately. healed you both and then healed you together. And then you have created the most beautiful family. And now your Thank message you. is being heard all across campuses all over. And I really oh want to encourage moms to let their daughters and sons listen to this because this is not a daughter issue this is not a girl issue no this is young men and women old Mm -hmm. men and women I mean people who have gone through this um yeah having sex outside of marriage Mm -hmm. outside of that commitment um you know people need to hear your story and to Mm -hmm. know that if you are somebody listening that has had an abortion and are still living with it, hiding it, that God can make all things new, you know, and yes. that there is hope. And, and like you said, the very person sitting across from you, not wanting to go in to that appointment with you mm-hmm. is the same guy that you're, you have four beautiful children with that is yeah. helping share your story yeah. to so many people. Gosh, I could just cry. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've told this story year after year after year after year. And it's still, so shocking to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I can't believe we're yeah. married. Right? Like how did this that. happen? Like, how yes. Did this happen? Yes. And I mean, not to put you on the spot, but I would usually got to hear his his story. Okay. Oh my goodness! Oh. Like his story is amazing. Right. And um, mm-hmm. my husband works for. He's the president and CEO of uh, Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge. Wow. And wow. he actually went through the program. Mm. And that's how he got saved. Wow. And he was the janitor, started off as the janitor, and he now he's the president. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is so, so like, amazing. God is just. He's he, all over. And even when you don't feel like, like you said, you thought you were a Christian and then you realized you weren't mm-hmm. living a Christian life, but it's not like. God stepped away from you. God was there right. with you. Yeah. You were just making choices that were not mm-hmm. godly, you know? And so, yes. but it doesn't mean just because we aren't making godly choices that he runs away. It's that exactly. we run away, you know? And so, mm-hmm. gosh, I just want to thank you for sharing your story and um, being so vulnerable to the, you know, just the essence of everything that went on with you. And I find so much value in, you just being so raw with it. And we had, we had a funny text message going on. You texted me, you said, I watched the bachelor too. And just to like shed light on that, you know, what made me so mad was that they talked about this Colton guy, that the virginity was such an embarrassing Uh. thing. And I thought it actually, I mean, I'm like, 
who, what trash, what trash that we're telling these young yeah. women and men like, oh, how embarrassing. Like, are you going to get over that? It's like, like you had a disease and it's like, right. And, and, and then the thing that I didn't like either, which, okay, this is now going totally off the wagon because now we're talking about a reality story. But he also like, he's like, I just, I don't know. I felt like he could have claimed more in Jesus and I don't know him at all. And so, but instead of just saying, you know, I really want to save myself for marriage. He was like, kind of, I felt like falling to what everybody wanted him to do. I don't know. It just disgusted me. And I thought, you know what? Like this, I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> Nor should I know. I anybody think that else. <laughs> every time, every time I, I watch it, I'm thinking, why I am I watching? I know. I know. It's so I talk about relationships I all the time, and I'm like, this is total this opposite. This is not good. Like, <laughs> I, I would know. love to sit down with all of yes. them and do my presentation. Yes, but that. I do think it's like you know the world that we live in teaches us one thing, and mm-hmm. as mothers and fathers of yeah. children, it's like no, we've got to push so hard in the other direction mm-hmm. and say like yeah no, you are valuable your mm-hmm. sexuality your you know virginity is important because yeah it tells us in the bible when you keep that for your spouse that mm-hmm. it's blessed in such yes. a big way and that's what mm-hmm. i feel like is you know being missed so much because it's Definitely. just so casual so for you to be speaking on college campuses and high school campuses now what Mm -hmm. age if I can ask a question what age is right to start sharing with your kids about this I mean do do your kids know your story your yours are pretty young too I would say yeah mine are pretty young yeah they don't know our story but one of the profound things as I said about my husband he's so wise he said you know I'm not going to do like this big sit down uh-huh. with our kids. I just want to be an ongoing conversation yeah. because moments pop up. Like for instance, my, my son plays football and they were having like a bonfire thing and uh, get together. And a couple of his friends said, we're going to go down and check out the cheerleaders mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> my yeah. son went over to, um, my husband and was like, they said, duh, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? That's not what we're going to do. Yeah. We, we're not going to, we don't look at girls that way. Right. Yeah. And like, so he's like, I just want to make it almost just normal yeah. and not this big, like, yeah. <gasps> yes. like we have to sit down and we have to talk have about this. Big like talk. I yeah. agree to have it an ongoing conversation. Ongoing. On sex. Yeah, just and, when we're flipping through the channel yes. and seeing things yes. like, no, nope, that's not, not my girls know. Right. That's not modest. Yes. Like, no, yes. Stuff yes. like that. I love that. You know? And I think, you know what, one thing that struck me, and my mom and I have talked about this, that I said, like, I don't really remember having the birds and the bee conversation, like with my parents. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you don't like, and it was a big (laughs) moment for her as a mom Mm. to share with me, but I don't remember it because it was not an ongoing conversation. And then I asked a bunch of my friends and they said, I don't really remember the conversation either, but their mothers remembered it. And so I think about Mm. if it's more an ongoing conversation, that's just normal and natural versus like we're having this one monumental moment. And I hope you soak everything in that I'm getting ready to tell you. And then remember it for all of middle school and high school and college, then we're good. Like that's not the way I think it works best. So, but now being a mom, I mean, it is, it does put you in uncomfortable 
situations, mm-hmm. but if you take it little by little, you know that it's good. Mm-hmm. Well, I just thank you so much for being on our show. Now for our listeners who um, want to learn more about you or of course follow you and your story mm-hmm. and maybe have you speak, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Um, you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram, Tony McFadden 12. And um, also, I have a website, TonyMcFadden.com, and that's where I do some bookings, like if you want to book me for, you know, high school or an event or or anything like that, Um, nope. I love Facebook, it. message me, you know, <laughs> yes. open books. So. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm so happy that you are sharing your story today. It's a it's a story that needs to be heard over and over and over again, not Thank only to you. us as, you know, grownups, but to, you know, middle school and high school kids. So thank you yeah. so much for your time today. You're welcome. <laughs> You're Thank so you. Awesome. Hey, it's Sarah Noose. And I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to saranoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place, and to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today, and remember, you are destined for greatness.